Welcome back to this week's episode of Men of the Machine. I'm Kevin. I'm Pat. And this week is going to be another uh, super fun-filled uh, pitch festival. The f- it's a, it's what is Festivus? Sorry, I got distracted because I wanted to say something there. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know if it existed before Seinfeld, but I mean, it was George's father's holiday that he created uh, on Seinfeld to compete with Christmas and presumably Hanukkah because, like, Jerry Seinfeld is not a Christian fair man. good point okay well I was going to reference this to Festivus but that doesn't work now so either... I mean we could do the airing of grievances <laughs> I don't know what that is either you, you don't know what grievances are or airing of the grievances uh, okay I know what the general wording would imply but I didn't know if it was a real thing that I had to kind of like get, get the, the reference I look like I should have a pen protector in my pocket Yes, you do. Like, you look kind of like uh, a shaggy version of Lewis from Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, it, my hair is pressed flat to my head because of these headphones, but that's not the point. So, I... There was a point? Yeah, there's always a point. It may not is make there? sense, but the point is there. Uh, you know, lately me and Patrick have been what feels like bickering more over text than actually conversating, and that's super depressing, so I thought how to make that better. Get drunk while recording with Patrick. So I have three beers to my side and one that I've already drank the minute I walked in the door. And I know what you're thinking, Pat. I know you're like, oh, my God, your beers are going to get warm. Like, how could you – you can't drink warm beers That's once not what I'm thinking at all. In. I gotta, not what I'm thinking. I've got three separate koozies and a Packers beer sweater covering the last one, which will stay probably the coldest. So don't worry, buddy. I got it covered. I, I wasn't. I wasn't worried. I, I really but could not care less. But the the coldness of your beers. These are because you don't drink. I am drinking your sorrows away for you. Uh, I'm fine. Yeah, but are you? I mean, in the sense that I'm never fine. I guess not. Exactly. But like, <laughs> see, in, te- in theory, every day I could be doing this, but I'm choosing today to do it. Uh, I, thanks. I had a weird day at work, so I was like, I'll just get drunk while I'm recording with Patrick. What could go wrong? Literally four beers is all it takes you to get drunk? No. Three beers is all it takes for me to get drunk. The fourth is just you a are safety a woman. Event. I'm a 140-pound man who doesn't drink. I would ex- I feel you would get drunk off of three beers because you've never had a I don't think alcohol. I would. You would. I don't think I would. With zero tolerance, you would. Let's just Yeah, but I'm still much bigger than you. Yeah, no, I won't deny that. So, for me, after one beer, I'm already different. Two beers, I can tell I've been drinking and three beers, I'm basically drunk. You, you would drink those three beers and be like, I'm totally fine. And then 20 minutes after that, you'd be like, whoa, whoa, what's up, guys? And I'd be like, wait, this isn't you. You don't say what's up, guys. You've never said what's up, guys. You're drunk. I don't think that's you, an accurate You underestimate story, alcohol. Because people, you know what? That's actually a really good point. Let's talk. Let's hash this out. Let's talk about this. People like to inflate drinking stories way beyond their actuality. For example... My buddy, uh, who, well, it's, it's generous to call him my buddy, but my person I met at the class I had to go to for work, he touted this big game. Like, he, he loved drinking vodka. This kid's 22. He could, you know, his drinking is college drinking. So he's like, oh, I can drink. You know, I used to go, I'd go to the bars when I turned 21, and I would just throw back six shots right when I got there, and that was the way I started my night. Anyways, needless to say, Halloween party at my friend's house, the dude had six beers, which is more than I can drink. And was blackout drunk. People exacerbate their drinking stories so fucking much to make it sound like a few beers is nothing. 
even one beer is enough for you to go like, hey, I had a beer. Like your head lightens in a way that you're like, hey. It didn't. It didn't for me. Like the one, because like the one time I had a beer, I did not feel any different from except for I had to piss. But like other than that, well, yeah, like, it does. Actually, there's. I'm not gonna claim facts now, but I did read about it. It's a the breaking the seal. You've heard of that breaking the seal. Yeah. Um, that's actually scientific. Some chemical in here. I won't go. You know, misquoting. Uh, actually represses your bladder's ability to hold liquid. So. You're not breaking the seal like, oh, now I've just got to piss every two seconds. Like, no, this shit makes you have to piss more than you... You could hold, say, 20, 30 ounces, 20 to 5, 30 ounces. No, when you're drinking this, you can hold maybe 15 because of that chemical. So, fun fact. We learned something today. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, because like, the one time it was, like, the regular, like, beer, and I was just, like... When I was done with that, like, I was driving... I wasn't driving home because, like, somebody was driving me. Yeah. Um, but, like, I was, like... I really, really have to take a piss. Like, I was just like, I was fine, like, ten minutes ago, and yeah. now I really, really have to take a piss. That's really the only, like, I didn't feel any different other than I really had to take a piss. Yeah. Well, That's it. we will never, ever, hopefully, well, not hopefully, I don't give a fuck what you do, but we will most likely never be able to test this, so it's all moot anyways. Um, <laughs> alcohol's not a drug. Alcohol is literally a drug. It's the equal amounts of drug. We've had this discussion, I told you. <laughs> I was started this by saying we bicker too much lately, and I don't like it. Because I don't think it's bickering because of uh, any sort of resentment towards each other. I feel like it's bickering because we're just easy to bicker at. It's just it. It's so we're we're each other's easiest target. Would you agree with that? Uh, well, no, because Kevin cards would be an easier target. Okay, yeah. It's just I don't because it's just it's 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 too much. Yeah. It's just it's it would be leading to just shit that I don't need. Exactly. So just like so as far as like ability lack of uh, absurd amount of repercussions. Me and you are each other's easiest targets for just like nah fuck you buddy. Like there's nothing actually behind it other than the literal nah fuck you buddy. So it's just there's <laughs> nothing there and it bums me out. I'll admit. But the reason I I was saying that was just telling you, you know, I don't want to fight, but if I get drunk, I'm sorry if that causes a fight, is all I'm saying. But today at work got real weird, so have you, again, not because of, I'm not going to misquote stuff right now, because I do enjoy scientific facts a lot. There's a term for when the same thing keeps happening over and over again, like when you hear a word for the first time, all of a sudden everyone's using that word, or when you buy a car, all of a sudden you see that car everywhere. Um... Today at work... That's a coincidence. Yeah, today at work was the... You ever seen Repo Man? Yeah. No, I haven't, but I'm assuming I should. Yes, you should. Okay, well, I'll get around to Repo Man. I'm actually probably going to watch a movie today other than play a game called Fortnite, which you should consider playing with me. We'll get to that in a minute. The final thoughts. That'll be a final thoughts thing. Remind remind me Fortnite 45 to an hour from now. Um, When you're you're super drunk. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So, uh, today at work, it lined up that like all of my friends were doing the exact same thing at the same time throughout the day and it was really fucking weird for me like when it for example one time i was chit-chatting with uh my buddy ben and i had six i don't do anything at work i just chat with friends so i had six conversations going at once in my skype uh business chat thing uh and not 10 seconds uh time actually elapsed five of them left all at once. Didn't say anything. They just went to the away status, which means you locked your computer and walked away. I was like, what the fuck? Like, come on, man. You can't give me a heads up. So I'm texting, or I'm messaging with my buddy Ben. And I was like, everyone left at the exact same time except you. Thank you for sticking around. And all, you know, he was being the jackass and went back and forth like, yeah, thanks. We planned it. Uh, and so we're chit-chatting. I'm like, well, that was really impressive of you all to do this. I'm really proud of your guys' cooperation. And 
as he sends the message the message yeah they're great guys i'd love to work with them again all five people came back and sent me a message saying they were back weirdest fucking thing that's ever happened no one works on the same floor there's uh a tower b tower c tower there's six floors in each of them there's two halves to each floor and then there's three sections of cubicles to each half of each floor so none of us even close to sit next to each other weirdest thing that's ever happened in the um, but that happened a few That's times. That's the weirdest thing that happened in the world? <laughs> of today, of my current... So, we, actually, we'll get to that in two seconds. So, my friend Frankie made a mistake. She done fucked up, Patrick. So what happened was, uh, we're chit Your wife? Are you describing your no, wife? No, 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 no. Uh, uh, yes, I do call Franny Frank sometimes, but this person... So Franny is Francis. Frankie is Francesca, my friend. Okay. So... We're chit-chatting, and she's a very, very particular person. I'm sure you can relate. And she, um... So, we'll always... I'll fuck with her. Like, when, for example, she gets chicken wing, or chicken tenders and fries everywhere we go. Always chicken tenders and fries. And you're like, what the... F-? Like, get something else. Like, it, it irritates me. So, every day at work, we'll be talking about something. I don't just... I'll get there. I'll get there. Um, every day at work... She'll be talking about something she doesn't like or doesn't want to do or isn't worth her time or yada yada. And I'm just like, fucking come on, nothing matters. So, but I was going at her in the way that maybe I was at Comic-Con. Like, it'll all be okay. Like, just do, you know, whatever. It's going to be fine. And she's like, you're way too uh, optimistic. And I was like, I, I for some reason, that com- <laughs> that compliment didn't work well with me. I was like... The fuck you just it a compliment. it's not a compliment but it's like it's not a bad thing like hey you look on the bright side it's like oh no i you you've insulted my honor like no it's it's a normal thing but for some reason it rubbed me the wrong way so we started chit-chatting and i told her like in the most basic of terms you know if you really want to dig deep i think i would you would find i was one of the more depressing people you know in our friends group and she's like what do you mean i was like no 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 i don't want to get too you know i don't want to get too therapy session s with this just know that my optimism is kind of like a um it's pseudo optimism no not defense it's it's instead of saying exactly what i thought with my basic nihilistic thoughts of fuck it why do you care it's like hey why do you care like don't worry about it it'll all be okay when in reality that's not it's a pseudo optimism it's not real it's still fucked up so anyways she kept badgering and i kept digging at myself fuck my whole day up i shouldn't have done this and i kept like thinking and typing and thinking and then at the end of it she's like dude this is really depressing can we please change the topic i was like yeah i kind of warned you about this now my whole day's ruined thanks uh we just got into everything you know like talking about time how you know how i get really pissed off when people talk about time not being real i'm like you know you can only live in the exact moment you're in so like yesterday we went out to dinner together uh and i was like you know that that meal you wanted but didn't get because it might not be good it doesn't fucking matter right now that was 16 hours ago you could have ate it could have tasted awful but the point is it would have got you here either way like so just because you threw a fit then is irrelevant ergo everything you're worried about now is fucking irrelevant for 20 minutes from now and we dug farther 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 into that and then she was like well don't you like anything i'm like no i don't have hobbies i record with my friend pat that is my hobby like that is the one thing that i'm feel decent that i'm like about that i do like i'm not good at games i'm not a good carpenter i'm not good at music i'm not good at creating i can't draw i can't play a sport or an instrument like i I suck so 
No. You're better than me at sports. Yeah, that's <laughs> some sports. I'm better than you at the agile sports. <laughs> that's about well, it. Well, fine, yes. <laughs> so we got into that, and, and basically the last sentence I said to her was like, as you look deeper and deeper into yourself, you find the meaning of what you want. Some people are very work-driven. Some people are very, like, title-driven. Some people are very artistically driven. And I was like, and my exact words were, and I found nothing, and I'm okay with it. And that's what ended the conversation where she was like, can we please talk about something else? And I was like, you turned my whole day upside down. I don't talk about these things for a reason, and now I don't know how to feel. So the rest of my day just got <laughs> weird. Like, I was very numb the rest of the day, and... I left, like, uh, we were going to record about, well, 20 minutes from now, 40, you know, 30 minutes from when we started on here. I was like, I'm not staying for overtime. And then if I wasn't going to stay for overtime, I was going to do an hour at the gym. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to the gym. So I just came home. I was like, fuck it. All right. Yes. It all worked out nicely for me. So. Yeah, it worked out terribly for me, but it's okay. <laughs> I don't, it doesn't, again, it doesn't matter. So, uh, I don't know why I stuck with that. I mean, I don't know. I, I, don't know I mean, I don't know. It, it's like. I get it, but it's just it's, okay. It's again a situation where it's, it's funny that like you and Kevin are often on the opposite ends, and I'm in the middle. Yeah. But like realistically, you're actually you're more on Kevin's side of this. You just don't portray it. Okay. <laughs> Whereas like I am still in the middle, like waving to you guys <laughs> as you're psychotically over here, just like burning things. Well, I and, so, like, so like a big difference I feel with Kevin. I know what I like, other people don't like. Perfect example, Con Air. Absurd obsession with that movie. I love Con Air. No, 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 I know. Absurd obsession with that movie that is what? Uh, an 80 out of 100 on a scale of action movies, maybe more like a 70, you know? Yeah. Maybe. So most people like put that away. And so I know that. I'm aware that me saying this is the best action movie ever is not actually true, but there's no such thing, in my opinion, as the best action movie ever. Like, ratings are fucking stupid. I don't care about your artistic value. I don't care about your structure. I don't give a fuck about your acting. I just know what I like. So that's the difference I feel between me and Cardinal. He has this kind of guideline that he actually does think is the best thing ever, whether it be musically or story or artistically. I don't. I'm just like, fucking throw it all to the wind. You, doesn't, you shut your fucking mouth and tell me that this taste is bad and this is that. I just know what I like, and I'm okay with that. And I know it may be bad or it may be good. That's kind of irrelevant. That's where me and Kevin differ. Like, he has the same mentality of nothing matters, except what is in his head. I'm like, yeah, nothing matters, including my shit. Oh, well, moving on. I, that's, that's In my opinion, you know us better than I would be able to separate us, so I guess that's where you come in. Yes, because I'm... Sadly, the sane one, I guess, which is disturbing to think about. You're, you're, you're the <laughs> logistically sane one, but don't even think for a second you've got your emotions in more check than we do. I know <laughs> I've never, ever said my emotions are in check. That is not a thing I have ever said. Well, at least we... I am fairly confident I have severe fucking mental problems that can be qualified by a psychiatrist. So, no, I am keenly aware. I'm just saying in terms of, like, my outlook on the world i okay. feel like of the, th of the three of us i'm the sanest yes that's fair that's a <laughs> solid argument um and i don't know if it does me franny was talking to me about because so i texted franny and i was like i think i broke my our friend frankie and she's like what do you mean <laughs> and i was like well she was asking me because me and franny have talked about this a lot she not on my on my spectrum at all not even close she is you know her she's a very yes. like make everything perfect and everyone matters and like i want to work hard and be known and all this bullshit 
And, um... No, not bad bullshit, just, like, <laughs> filler bullshit. Which I don't know if that's good or bad. It doesn't matter. It's not the point, but, um... She's she's perfect, and she, I'm not there. So she knows what I'm go like what I go through in my head on a regular basis, and I, I like talk to her about it sometimes when I'm feeling up to it. So I just told her like Frankie pushed too far as to what I think, and I think she thinks differently of me now. So I'm sorry if things get weird, which they didn't. Me and Frankie went to lunch together. We we go for walks together. Like it was it was cool. The rest of the day was fine between us, but it was just a funny like back and forth because she didn't. On the outside, like, when you first met me, on the outside, all smiles, all like, hey, shit's cool, man. Just love everything. Love it all. Peace. You know, all I do is listen to John Lennon. Like, that was my exterior. He's a he's a love guy. That's all I got. Um, you never listen to John Lennon. You, it's like, if anything, you're <laughs> like, you'd be like, I'm in my car listening to Taylor Swift and Adele. God, I do. You, hey, it's a little too <laughs> soon to talk about Adele, okay? A little too soon. She's not making. It's been. She's oh, not making Christ music anymore. It's been months. Yeah, Kevin. it doesn't make it feel better. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Which actually, hey, good segue. Hey, uh, I download. Do you know the singer Halsey? I've heard the name. She's a, I don't know if I've actually heard her music. She's like a super hot right now artist who's like incredibly feminist, free thinking, does what she wants kind of person, um, with a wonderful voice. So she has a song. She has two songs on the radio. One I don't care about. One I really, really like. So I downloaded her whole album. Oh, man. I was... That's the only thing that kept me at work today. I was just like, yes, <laughs> sing it to me. Because that's what Adele did for me was Adele's love songs. I'm just like, you know it. You know it all. Just, wh what have you been through? I would never treat you like this. Let me take care of you. And obviously I can't because she's wonderful and I'm trash. But the point is, Halsey's good. To bring it full circle. I mean, <laughs> that was full circle? Yeah, that's full circle. Don't ask questions. Just roll with it. You, you should stop drinking. I feel like this is a bad, bad idea. I'm What's only, happening right I've now? I've only drank half of this beer. We're already 15 <laughs> minutes in, and I've got two more to go in the next, like, 45 oh, minutes. Oh, Jesus. Do you want to do your, uh, whatever your pitch is before no, no. you're super drunk? No, I want to do your pitch because I think, A, super drunk will help me. I thought we were pitch. both doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you do, you do oh. your pitch first, and then you help me with what is going to progress into... I don't think it's going to work, admittedly. Just a laid out. If you want to skip, if when Patrick's done with his pitch, you just fast forward 10, 15 minutes. I understand. But just gear yourself up for something that's not going to make any sense. Okay. Okay, go. Um, okay, basically, um, to lay this out, because it, it's basically because I already told you, it was like, it's a wrestling angle. I've only ever told it to one person. Because basically, as I was actually saying to you today, even though you're a prick, um, where it's like the thing about wrestling <laughs> is like <laughs> I said it's the, fair, that... as if like yeah I'm totally a prick and I'm like wait no 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 I'm not a prick <laughs> okay, but like the thing like uh, Max let his point out on like wrestling is a wrestling that like the thing that wrestling offers that is also kind of same thing the comics offer is it's you have the chance to tell like with the, with, within the format of it because basically it's years and years of the same characters within the format you have the opportunity to tell these really, really long-form stories. And so, like, this is one of the ones I thought of, um, like, a while ago, that I was always just like, if I was booking, I would totally fucking want to do this. Um, and it's, like, I, it's kind of a situation where basically, like, I'm going to make it me and you, just because that's easier to put it in, like, the mindset. Okay, yeah. And, uh, not that I'm necessarily a Dusty Rhodes type, where I'd be wrestling and booking, but maybe I am. Who knows? I love Dusty yeah, Rhodes. I, if you remember, 
the day that Dusty Rhodes died, I was more depressed than like most people in my life that have died. Yeah, I legitimately did. Um, basically, the idea that I had was basically uh, like let's say it's you and me. Okay. We go in as a tag team, like d- climb the ladder, fight whatever. Yeah. Eventually, get the tag team titles. Have like a long run with the tag team titles. Uh, wait, wait, one wait. Day, how long? Like, like a historic? I was long, thinking or? like no, no. I was thinking I was thinking like a year. Okay. But okay. like. Um, but yeah, and then like at a certain point, um, end up getting beaten by another team. But it's not me that takes the loss; it's you that takes the loss. Balls. And it's like that leads to the two of us kind of going our separate ways, whatever, and kind of like not both of us still being baby faces, like still being good guys. But you're like, like us hey, going our separate you lost ways. Lost us the title, sort of a thing. Well, just like it's just like well, now I'm gonna go chase my own thing. Okay. Okay. Um, and then okay, so then basically we do our own thing, and then like uh, at a certain point. Like, the two top heels in the company, like, let's say it's, like, the, like, Triple H and Stone Cold, like, when they were together, kind of a thing. The two top of the heels in the company become the tag team champions, and they also have, like, the two other, whatever the two other belts, like, world title and, like, let's say intercontinental title, whatever. Um, so, basically, and, like, they end up both taking us down, like, separately, so we reform the tag team to go after them. Okay. At, at the end of it, basically... Um, we beat them. I'm the one that beats the guy who's like the uh, also the world champion. We get the we get the belts. We're holding the belts up, whatever. And then I turn on you, rude, and throw down the throw down throw down the belt. Okay. And it's like when I, when I come back like the next week, it'd basically be me saying that like which is true, where it's like when I was a kid, like I always thought the tag team titles were like the best titles because it's like it's you and like your best friend each have a world title. Like, that's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that to me was always like the coolest division, the coolest title to have. That's the title you aspire to, at least in my case. And he's like, and then I lost it. But I didn't lose it. Somebody lost it for me, and it was taken from me. So I, at that point, was just like, I don't care about it. Like, I'm only, from this point, I'm only going to be doing me. Mm-hmm. So it's like, so at this point, now that we've beaten both of them, but I beat the champion, I feel like that puts me in line for a world title shot. So then, basically, they would come out, whatever. Uh, let's say, like William Regal, whatever, sure. comes out to like basically book whatever. Just like that, I get like a world title shot because basically I've essentially cashed in our like tag titles for that world title shot because I already thrown them down; they're vacated. Um, so then it becomes the wait, match wait, wait, wait. between sorry, me. Sorry, real quick, explain how that works because that I don't understand. You have a title, and you're like, "This isn't enough. I want to go for the big title." Exactly. And, and it's kind of like they're they're well because the va- you can you, the, the va- titles get vacated in wrestling all the time. Like basically, like if you usually like it's like if they're stripped or whatever, but like it could be for anything. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, like um, so basically, yeah, so basically, and like, the thing I kind of compare it to in this case was like there was a time in TNA where um, I think I don't know if they still do it because now that company is fucking weird. Um, but like for the longest time, because there was all scenarios where if you're the X Division champion, you could, at the, like, Destination X pay-per-view, you could decide to basically vacate and cash in the X Division title and get a world title shot. And Austin Aries did, he became the champion. Um, but yeah. So basically, I get, like, my world title shot. I end up winning the title. And, like, I'm, like, there, and it's, like, whatever. And, like, people aren't happy, but, like, whatever. It's, like, I'm less horrible than that guy. Yeah. And then it's just, like... uh you come out to kind of like shake my hand, whatever, and then I kick the living shit out of you, and it's just Wait, like, like like putting <laughs> <That took turn. laughs> like like because I, I need to go full heel for this to work. Okay, um, 
basically like kick the living shit out of you like you like leave like bleeding like blah 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 and like so then i have like several months where like you're out and i'm basically just like the top like basically the triple h of this shit where like i'm partially winning because i'm that damn good but partially winning also through like cheats and cowardice whatever Jeez, um, okay fair enough um but yeah so like that would lead to the you finally like coming back and then being granted since you were also beat the champions that time like you just weren't whatever that that would be like your shortcut that you would get a world title shot against me Ooh, and it's cool. like in that match like it would basically be the two of us and it would basically be like that it comes as close as humanly possible but you don't you don't end up getting it because either i like i did something basically probably illegal <laughs> and got myself disqualified okay. so that i could keep the title but like so you're clearly still the guy so it's like then you would have the next like the next show whatever it's like you have another shot and no DQ in which case we would have like the most brutal fucking like whatever TLC a hardcore never match yeah. ever and then that would end in you you having the title you you'd end up winning mm-hmm. and then it would immediately be like you've triumphed over me and you are the top baby face whatever and like then the whole basically company from like that point forward would be about you. Oh, that would be cool. I mean, yes. you tailored it to me by keep saying, you know, me, which it's not actually <laughs> me, it's these two other guys. So I'm in. Yes. But, <laughs> all right, I need a few explanations. Okay. So, roll it back. So, when mm-hmm. we have tag, te- tag team championship, right? Uh, this is the yeah. second time we get it. And you want to yeah. cash it in for your personal. Where does that, You, I know you said it in your pitch, but I got kind of lost. Where does that put me? So, like, you cash it in and go for the world, and then I'm just like, hey, he, he cashed it in. What? what do I do? Well, what's the thing? Like, you, at that point, would just be like, kind of thing. Another situation where I feel like what would happen is basically the, the, the finish of that match would somehow involve, like, the reason I'm getting the pinfall and you're in no way involved. Okay. The way I have it in my head is that you've been injured in some way, like, either, like, put through, like, several tables or whatever, like, because that's oh, the way the my, works now. my leg. I, I dislocated my hip. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, but yeah, so then like, so you're out for a little while until you come back, like when I win the title and you try to be like, because basically at this point I'm like kind of a tweener, like I'm I'm a dick, but like you can understand my perspective. Okay. Like, hey, my buddy couldn't do anything for months. I needed to sh- a shot at something. I needed to move my way up. Yeah, essentially yes. Okay, and then I'd be all like Seth Rollins on the crutches coming in and being like, the minute I get back. <laughs> Wait, would you? So that's a question. While I'm injured, out. We're just going to keep using this me and you. It's the easiest way. Because if we used yeah, actual yeah, wrestlers' yeah. names, I'd be like, I don't know what's going on. Um, would you, while I'm out and injured, have me resentful or hopeful because you're building yourself up even though I can't be a part of it? Oh, no. You're the, you're a baby face. So you're hopeful. Okay. You have no idea how horrible I really am on the inside. I'm uh, just like, my buddy's doing it, guys. He's going for the exactly. big one. Exactly. And okay. then you, yeah. So you're like, you. that's why I'm saying you come out to congratulate me. Because, like, you're such a good guy, and you think that I'm still a good guy. I'm not a good guy, okay. though. I'm, I'm a horrible person. And then you're just like, you let me down, son. And you, okay. Now, rewind back slightly further. Mm-hmm. Uh, first time, we've got the belt. We're running for a while. We lose. I lose. And then we do our solo careers where we each do, let's say, above average. Not the best, but above mm-hmm. average. Yeah, yeah. How would you have the reunion happen? Like me surprise entrance a match where you're getting slightly beat up, or like vice versa, or well, basically, yeah. Like the whole thing is like the thing I said before, where basically it's like you have basically we got our asses kicked by the tag, like the, the, the power trip dudes, like as I said, like called them Triple H and Austin, whatever. Yeah. Basically, the two dudes who have like all the gold have us separately get our asses kicked. 
until the day when finally like one of us like is getting our ass kicked and the other one runs out to like okay. basically not necessarily to help as much as to like also fight the other per- like to fight the bad guys yes or like at that point the bad guys but yeah like what if you're getting your ass kicked so hard in a singles match but then you start getting the upper hand and so so it's Stone Cold and Triple H uh, by Stone Cold and then you start getting the upper hand so Triple H comes out and just like swipes your legs or something like that he's just like oh yeah. you went down I got you and then I come out of nowhere HBK oh sorry you're I'm not, Shawn Michaels no. in this scenario oh, did you're, I forget you're to not bring Shawn that Michaels up? oh I'm so sorry anyways if anything in, the, in that scenario it would be Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho too soon alright a little too soon Patrick okay so in that so okay so yeah so like you get your legs swiped and they're like oh fuck these two guys they just won't let the they, they want to stay on top and then you hear my not HBK song come on and I sprint out and just start fighting that other guy that way you get your upper hand back that'd be cool mm-hmm. but, so I don't actually help you in any ways by fighting your actual match I just stop no, them yeah. from fucking with well, yeah, I'm saying, and then, then we end up getting a tag team title shot Whoa. like at them Ready? by virtue of the fact like like William Regal whatever is just like you've earned like this opportunity at these two so then we do it and we like kick their asses we get the titles and then I throw them down Okay, then you throw them down. I'm just rewalking it through my head so I can keep asking these questions to tighten it up. Yes. Uh, so then we win. You cash in. You go in this this crazy spree of winning slash. I mean, you have to lose some, in, or, or do, do you? Would you just no. no? Just keep winning, 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 winning. Yes. Climbing it up. Yes. Uh, is there? So I know there is, but I don't understand how it is. Where would you put us in the wrestling world? Are we on Raw? Are we on? Uh, I was NXT thinking like. Or? Uh, either- I don't know. I was thinking like NXT. Okay. That's why I was keep saying William Regal. Okay. Um, I was basically like, either, when I conceived the idea, it was Ring of Honor, and like, but now Ring of Honor and NXT are kind of comparable, so it's like okay. I can go either way. <laughs> okay, so we're in. Let's uh, for the sake of I recognize it more because you talk about it more. We're in NXT. Mm-hmm. So you're winning, 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 injured, injured, injured. Uh, then you win it, and I'm like, oh, I'm so proud of you. And then you just uh, give him the chair, and you take me out, and then. I'm like, oh, so that's how it's going to be. Is there a time between you smacking me down and us having our championship match? How much time is there, and do I have to go through matches to try to get to you? Like, he's going to keep trying to work his way up to get that title match? Or is it just like, oh, this feud's so big, we have to make it the title match? No, no, I would say you'd basically, there'd be a build, because basically you would take take out some, like, jobbers, whatever. Okay. But, like, basically, as soon as you came back, I would say you basically... It'd be the same kind of scenario where since I basically cashed in the those belts for that belt, mm-hmm. that you, as being the co-holder, would have equal claim to a title match. Okay. So that's what I'm saying. You could basically, like at that point, it would be like declared like a month out, whatever, and then you kind of build to it. But in the build, you basically would be taken out, motherfuckers. Okay. Last question. So then we have yes. our final big monster match where it's just craziness and fisticuffs and we're, we're kicking ass and taking names. Yeah. I win, not HBK, uh, and you, how, how would you have that last, you know, a ten, not quite, like, five to ten minutes in the ring? Would I be all like, fuck you, buddy, or would I be like, I showed you we're good as a team, and I'm better than you when we're separate. Are we friends now, or like, you gonna come at me again, bro? Like, which way does it go after that? Just, not in another story, just literally after that match, are we enemies or friends or in the middle? I would say, like, it's... Because I think... I feel like this is the blow-off. Like, there'd be nothing for a while afterwards. Because it basically would be, like... It'd be kind of, like... 
um, like when they did the Kevin Steen El Generico feud, mm-hmm. where basically it was like that. That was like a year build feud. Mm-hmm. Um, we're basically Kevin Steen, I almost said Owens, um, <laughs> had to leave, uh, ROH for like three or six months, whatever it was. Okay. Um, I'm not saying I, I would, I would have to add a stipulation on it, but I'm just saying like, I'd just be like, if I'm just beaten up that fucking badly that like, basically like where I'd be like, I'm picturing like, blood and shit. So which is actually probably why NXT is probably less accurate because that's not allowed. But, um, but yeah, so basically it's like, so that I'm just fucked. And basically, so you wouldn't be surprised to not see me for a while. Okay, so here's what I'm thinking would be cool. As, okay. as I walk out for the very final match, I bring a banner of our thing. Like, so tag teams have a name. They've got a, a thing, right? Like, you know, the New yeah. Day. You don't call Xavier Rhodes the New Day when he's by himself. Xavier Woods, you What putts. did I say? <laughs> Rhodes. That's what I meant. Um, you don't call him that when he's by himself xavier woods and you go so anyways i come out for that final match with the banner cape flag thing of of our title and i set it down at the mat at the at the edge of the ring and then we do our match yada yada and as i'm walking out pick it up and carry it with me as like is he taking that as like a sign of he still believes in the team or is he just taking that as a this is done sort of a thing because that opens it back up not in a big way but it opens it up a little bit right Yes, that's fair. No, that's that's, that's solid. I, I'll go with that. Because <laughs> isn't symbolism pretty big in the w, in the in the wrestling community? Like, I mean, yeah. If they fuck up with someone's uh, uh, gimmick, that's that's like a huge thing. That's a, like the the yeah. shield. None of them wear that outfit at all anymore, except for kind of Roman Reigns. Um, Not kind of. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Except Roman Reigns, but that's always been. I mean, has he ever not? Like, even before the shield was. Well, even, that. No, before the shield, he was like a normal. He wore trunks. Oh, like, okay. He wear like, anything. and then it was like, I swear to God, it's funny as fuck because it's so transparent. They were like, "Well, the shield's really popular. We're breaking the shield up. Um, <laughs> we, how about we, if we just keep all of the shield stuff that's popular on the guy that people hate? Let's go with that." So like, they kept he kept the fucking music. Yep. He kept the fucking gimmicks. Like, really? just okay. like literally everything. So they were just like. What can we do to keep this guy popular? And they just floated it. <laughs> it did not work okay. at all. Uh, debatable. He's the king. But uh, they but actually, JJ, Jeff, and James, the guys I'm going with uh, to Rumble, they've started buying, not buying into it. They don't care. They all hate Roman. But they've started playing with it for me. Like, uh, they're all wearing, uh, what was it? I don't know if it was the shield or something. They're all wearing shirts. And I was like, can I wear a Roman shirt? And they're like, of course you can wear a Roman shirt. And then we have a group chat going where anytime anything wrestling comes up, someone types in Roman, Roman, Roman with a bunch of exclamation points. Like, they've started just fucking with me on purpose, and I love it. <laughs> love me some Roman Reigns. Well, I mean, it's, I, I don't know. It's like, I don't dislike Roman Reigns. Like, Roman Reigns is fine, but it's just like, I don't, it's, it's, of all the dudes that I would make, like, the guy like he's not even in the top 10 he just like, the rock, just like, and he's close enough to being similar that without the char- charisma that they were like sure he has charisma i will give him that i think everybody says he doesn't have, i'm like for the longest time that was all he had mm-hmm. like when he first started that's literally all he had going for him because he couldn't get a promo to save his fucking life and he couldn't wrestle but he was so fucking charismatic that you put him next to ambrose and rollins and it's like, oh, hey, like, I see why he belongs there. This guy works. But They're like, all kind of three pieces to the puzzle. Well, because at first they all had, like, different roles. That was like, like, the reason that the S.H.I.E.L.D. originally worked, and that's why I feel like the, the reunion is kind of eh, is because the whole reason when it started it worked 
was because it was three unique like pieces that when you put them together made basically the perfect like wrestler because okay. basically it's like Rollins is the worker like he's the one who actually like is a really good wrestler good the mat architect wrestler. you might say exactly <laughs> um, Roman Reigns is the charisma like the it factor if you will and fucking Dean Ambrose was the was the mouthpiece mm-hmm. and it was like and when you put those three together like you had the perfect wrestler but like the whole thing is that like when you split them all up and they all kind of had to learn how to be a top guy by themselves like not to say any of them are 100% of any of that like 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 Seth Rollins got way better as a talker mm-hmm. than he ever was so I think that was like the thing in ROH that I always thought was like when he was first getting called like drafted to like WWE I was just like okay but that not might not work out because he can't cut a promo to save his fucking life yeah um and then, but that's the thing. Like they, they started putting a mic in his hand every week, and he got much, much, much better. Like he still, his charisma is weird because like, it's almost like it's it, it doesn't really work as a face because you're just like his natural kind of. I again, I've never met him, but like, he definitely has an arrogant quality. Mm-hmm. So it's like it definitely translates much better to a heel. So the whole thing with him right now being a baby face, I'm just like just. Can we not do this? Like it's like when they made Triple H a baby face. I'm like, this isn't this isn't the way this character works. Like Triple H you do is you the understand. Ultimate baby face. Um, <laughs> all right, all right. So uh, I was talking about symbols and we got off track there. So yeah, mm. that's the way I wanted. I would like to have this. I think a symbol there. But no, I'm sold on that. I'm getting closer to accepting wrestling as something I enjoy. I'm not going to deny its cultural. St- you know, fucking standoutedness. I'm not going to deny the fact that people love it and it's got quality aspects to it, such as the athleticism, the acting, the writing. I'm not going to deny that. It's just for me so far, it's baby steps. I'm getting there. And that story's pretty damn cool. Well, yeah, that's the thing. It's like when I used to like, because I used to tell people like when I used to work at like Lowe's and shit, um, there was people who like wrestling. So basically I'd be like, okay, and this is what they're doing wrong. I was like, this is how you do this storyline. And I basically would like lay it out and people were like, why don't you do this? I'm like, because I can't. Because it's like, if it was like back in the day, or like even like what they do in NXT or in um, like Ring of Honor, where it's like, if I'm just the guy who's responsible for everything, cool. Mm-hmm. If I'm a fucking writer in a writer's room, I'm going to fucking kill myself. But it's just like, I can't be like, have people, like, it, it, if, if Vince McMahon is like my idea, yeah. fine. If random guy at a table is like my idea, Fuck you. Yeah. Like, it's like, your opinion doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Like, well, there's, if Vince fucking McMahon doesn't like my idea, then yeah, that's shot down. There's but WWE like, comic books, man. Just start harassing them with emails of stories you'd like to tell through the books, and who knows? Yeah, the the comics are weird. Actually, I dropped the comics, mostly because they kept releasing fucking specials, like every fucking major interview, so it was like every three months. Uh, like eight bucks. And I'm like, I don't want to spend, you're just forcing me to spend eight bucks, like, for yeah, no fucking no, reason. Like, what the fuck is this. the point of this? Uh, um... But they were, it was weird because they were telling, like, it was, it's weird because it's, like, the stories are, like, a mix of, like, kayfabe, like, which is, like, the word for, like, like, storyline okay. versions, okay. like, 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 where, like, not, not real life, like, what they would do outside of wrestling where, like, the Shields just really hanging out together in their vests, <laughs> like. They kick it together <laughs> in costume, don't Whatever. <laughs> like, um, like, the Wyatt's actually being a backwoods fucking, like, cult. I'm like, they, they, there's, like, elements of that. There's also elements of, like, backstage shit. I'm just like, okay, make a decision one way or the fucking other. I don't give a shit which one you pick, but, like, 
this whole trying to ride the line is fucking ridiculous. Like, either do it, like, because like, the thing I always liked about um, what they did in the, like, kind of 2000s in ROH and stuff was where you'd have storylines that don't disrespect your intelligence. Mm-hmm. Like, where it's like, because that thing is, like, that's the one thing that always kind of drove me nuts. Like, because I remember the, the actual moment when I was a kid where, like, kayfabe was destroyed was, um, there was a whole angle where, um, Big Boss Man and Al Snow were feuding, and, uh, Al Snow had like, a little dog that he carried to the ring and stuff with him. And there was, like, one day where, like, um, Al Snow gets invited to dinner by the Big Boss Man, and I'm just like, literally, I thought in my head, I'm just like, it's gonna be the fucking cooked the fucking dog, but he didn't <laughs> cook the fucking dog, and then like that's literally exactly what happened. We're just like, he tells him that he's eating pepper and blow. I'm like, oh for Christ's sake! I was I was like a kid. I'm just like, this is stupid as fuck. <laughs> like I was just like, I'm supposed to buy this. Like I'm willing to buy the Undertaker is an undead wizard. I'm willing to buy that Kane is a fucking demon. I'm not willing to buy they just fed a guy a fucking dog. Like there's like you never know. Actually, now reached the limits of like my like what I'm willing to accept. <laughs> like, I mean, one day after you're done writing the Spider-Man movies and we're done. What did I say last episode we were gonna do? I said something about I referenced the Spider-Man movies again in the last episode and I don't remember what I was talking about. But when you're done writing them, you'll be able to take your cred over to WWE and finally put your words down. In fairness, though, I don't think that would honestly happen to you. Like, you know, I don't, I don't know. Most people, I don't think, know this. Um, after wrestling is wrestling, they hired Max Landis's consultant. Never once used his idea. Really? <laughs> like, Damn. Yeah. Well, that's because they were though. like, because I know Triple H. Um, like the night that wrestling is wrestling went up, he had tweeted. He's like, "This guy gets it." And then like, um, Stephen McMahon was just like, "Exactly. Like this is this is this is what wrestling is." Yeah. And I was just like, so like, you so you took Max Landis and you're just like, this dude totally, these he's the guy, like he he gets it unequivocally, but like when he actually has ideas for the actual product, you're like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. Just like, but he knows. You already said he knows what he's talking about. So what the fuck are you doing right now? Like that doesn't make any goddamn sense. But like the thing I sent you to you earlier because it was funny that it worked out weirdly that like um, I've been trying to. Um, do a podcast with cards about serialized media for weeks yep. but other shit just coming kept coming up and like the main reason i wanted to do it was um basically because i was just like wrestling tv and comics and now like the marvel movies and stuff yes which have really kind of we'll see what happens after phase four well yeah but i'm just saying like it's using continuity yes. like, which is something that like is important and satisfying um so like that's my and like the thing i'd actually mentioned like, by the time we actually were able to do the serialized media one I had talked about um, there was a whole thing uh, at the end of Survivor Series where um, I think I've already talked about it to you, but like where basically um, Braun Strowman, basically Triple H ends up uh, screwing over uh, basically both Kurt Angle and Shane Man, basically to make himself the hero of Team Raw, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Braun Strowman's like, "What the fuck is happening?" And basically like literally grabs Triple H by the throat. And, like, chokes him down. There's, like, tears in his eyes. Where it's, like, that's the moment that Triple H realizes he fucked up. But it's, like, he still tries to go after Braun Strowman after that. And then Braun Strowman, even more so, is just, like, what the fuck do you think you're doing? And it works because of continuity. Because they spent the last, like, year building Braun Strowman into, like, this unstoppable monster. That can just basically run through walls and kill everybody. basically. Exactly. 
And then you have Triple H, who over the course of like fucking like twenty years now, thirty years now, whatever, um, you built into like basically the guy who, as Max Lennox pointed out, in wrestling is wrestling. We're just like he is a total coward that pictures himself as like the king of kings, this badass ass kicker like Conan figure, but in reality is a coward that only really cares about how he looks and that title, and. So that's why, even when he's not really wrestling, he puts himself in a position where, even if he's not going to compete for the title, he's going to be the guy who chooses who has that title. And it's like, you have that guy who finally basically gets his comeuppance against the guy who he should not have fucked with. (laughs) Who he should not (laughs) have his comeuppance against. (laughs) Where you've shown that's a guy you should not fuck with. (laughs) If anything, that's a guy you should bring into your fold. It just, it's such a brilliant moment that only works because of serialized media. And that's the whole thing I had pointed out today, like Max had pointed out on Twitter today, where like um, the current storyline between um, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, uh, Shane McMahon, and Daniel Bryan works because of continuity. Because basically it's like, it it establishes, it's, it's already established history between all of these guys that you're now using to further a storyline, which is the way it always fucking should be but sometimes isn't, which is really fucking frustrating. Like, that's my one thing that, like, WWE always fucking drives me nuts about, like, these days. Like, back in the day, like, WWF and WCW, like, in the Monday Night Wars, all the fucking storylines were, like, huge and long and, like, had fucking very specific, like, story beats and, like, fucking everything. Blow-offs. Everything was perfect. And it's like, now, people, I swear to God, will fucking forget what the fuck happened, like, a month ago. It's like... Why did he like, react like, this way? It's like, well, did you not fucking watch it just a minute ago when he punched him in the face? Like, that's what I, that's why he's doing it. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's it's it's, it's like the whole thing that like Max did say in like the end of wrestling is wrestling. We're just like a lot of wrestling sucks, but when it's good, it's fucking great. Yeah. So it's like that. Like the thing is like the end of wrestling or the it's end like of Survivor the Series. Simpsons. Sure. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, the whole thing is like when you have shit that coalesces and comes because you, sometimes you don't really need a story like really the only story you needed for like cause the reason I mentioned TLC because TLC that fucking pay-per-view uh, fell apart like a week before it happened because not even a week actually I think it was like a matter of days before it happened it turned out that um, Roman Reigns Bray Wyatt and some other people backstage had caught the mumps mm-hmm. um, <laughs> so none of them could compete what is this um, freaking 1942 they got the mumps that's what I'm saying I don't even know <laughs> But yeah, but so that led to um, what was supposed to be like the the return of the Shield um, versus basically like half of the Raw roster um, became uh, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, and Kurt Angle against those guys. Which it's actually doesn't make any fucking sense, but it's awesome because um, Kurt Angle working with ha- two thirds exactly. of the Shield. Cool, exactly. And then you also had a match that everybody always wanted, but nobody ever really thought they were going to get where you had AJ Styles versus Finn Balor, where there really was no other fucking storyline other than if you were a wrestling nerd and you knew what this really was, then you're like, holy fucking shit, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. But I mean, otherwise, it's just a really good match. Yeah. But other, like, that's like my favorite moment of that match, one of my favorite moments in wrestling in the last couple of years, was at the very end of the match when they do like the two sweet to each other like in the middle of the ring. And I'm just like, that's fucking awesome. Like, that's why I put it on Instagram and everything. I'm because like, if you don't follow the Bullet Club, that means nothing. You're just like, what exactly. What are these guys just making some new symbol up? What's this fancy uh, little <laughs> toucher they're doing there? But you've been watching it forever. And this is what? Bullet Club's been three years, four years, five years? Oh, dude, it's been longer than that. Because before um, 
because Finn Balor was the founder of it when he was Prince Devitt in Japan. So it's been at least five years because so, he's been in WWE yeah, for at least exactly. three years. Five years of history if you watch stuff outside of just WWE. That, yeah, that's pretty impressive. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sold on it yet, and that's mostly because I haven't followed it. It's like when someone's like, oh, you should totally watch Supernatural. I'm like, really? 13 seasons of hour-long episodes of 20 episodes? I don't know. Like, that's what wrestling is now. It's like, there's so much history, and they still reference the greats that I'm just like, ah, it's so hard. But that's the same thing. That's the same thing as, like, comics, though. Like, that's what I always think is funny that, like... Well, I'm getting now, better like, with comics. You have to admit that. I just pick stuff up now. Oh, no. Well, yeah, because, like, the best thing I attempt, like, the longest time. Like, and people do it, not just you, but, like, just people in general were just like, oh, like, I don't want to, like, I want to start at the beginning. I'm like, you d- don't nope. <laughs> have to do that, and you really shouldn't do that. Because it's just like, when I started reading comics, it was like, if you wanted to read the X-Men, you were reading X-Men, like, 346. Yeah. Like, you were not fucking starting at number one. You were just, there was no even way to do that unless you had a ton of money. Yeah. So basically, they you were just collectors. started with the there was no comics. digital stuff or trades yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So it's like, so you just fucking start with whatever book is out that month, and then you just go from there. And that's the whole thing is, like, with, with everything. Like, wrestling. I mean, Christ, New Japan, I started watching without really any knowledge of it other than, like, it looked cool. And, like, I at that point, I knew what Bullet Club was. So that kind of attracted to me. Because the other thing is, like, um, the first incarnation of Bullet Club I thought was cool. But, like, at the time, like, uh, it's weird to say now because now I think he's, like, one of the top five in the world. But when I first saw Prince Devitt in Japan, because I just seen matches, like, out of context, mm-hmm. I was like, he's okay, but he's really fucking overrated. And then, like, now looking back, I'm just like, I was oh, an idiot. Oh, Finn Balor, he's the greatest. <laughs> we fucking get a heart exactly. the minute anyone says Finn. And I'm like, no, Patrick, I'm talking about Adventure Time. You're like, too late. Got to do something with this. Nut up or shut up. And I'm like, Patrick, too much. Too much, man. Take it back a little bit. But yeah, but like when they um, brought in AJ, because I was always a fan of AJ. Like oh, literally, yeah, the only reason like I watched AJ TNA too. for the longest time was AJ, Samoa Joe, and Christopher Daniels. That was literally it. Like, and then when they brought in uh, Motor City Machine Guns, I liked them a lot. Um, Austin Aries, uh, I always, like I kind of stuck with it because I liked Austin Aries. But like most of the most of TNA, I always thought was fucking just horrible. But like um, when AJ quit to basically bet on himself, and he went to Japan, became the new leader of Bullet Club. I was like, well, now you're speaking my language because I really like AJ Styles, and I, was, I already thought Bullet Club was cool in theory. So, like, let me see this shit now. And it was like when it was like, because I already liked, I liked the Young Bucks, I liked uh, AJ Styles, but it's just like then you show me Tomatonga, who was awesome. You show me Bad Luck Fale, who's awesome. You show me Carl Anderson, who's awesome. Like, he's like, I was like, holy crap, is this it, is fucking is amazing. Kenny Bullet Club. Now, yeah, oh, the okay. whole thing was basically like, Kenny joined. It was funny because the, the timing worked out. Oh yeah, I love Kenny too. Kenny, I think is the best in the world. Um, but that was the whole thing. I always liked Kenny Omega too from back in the ROH days. Um, back when he had blonde hair. Um, but that was the whole thing. Was it like, uh, it they kind of, he had joined when AJ was still leading. And then basically, um, AJ, Anderson, Gallows, and Shinsuke Nakamura all signed with WWE. And that became, that basically opened the door for Kenny. Cause it, the, I guess it was, Kenny was brought in to work. Like, basically, in Japan, there's either uh, junior heavyweight or actual heavyweight. But basically, it's like you're, like, mid-card and higher is usually uh, the heavyweight division. And your, like, mid-card and lower is the junior heavyweights. Okay. And Kenny was brought in as a heavyweight. And when they had AJ, they were like, well, I mean, would you be okay with working junior heavyweight? And, like, 
Kenny be like Kenny was like, well, I mean, and they're like, we know you can work the heavyweight style, but we just we don't have a spot for you right now. And then like um, when AJ was quitting, he was like, I guess he went into the office. He was like, I want that spot. That's my spot. And like so he that's how he became the leader of Bullet Club was because he literally put himself in that because he was just like, I'm going to make myself the top guy in this company by any means necessary. And he did. Yeah. Like that was that was the storyline that I thought was amazing last year where it was like basically you had Kenny win the G1, which he's the first ever uh, Gaijin to win. Like the first North American, the first first person that is not Japanese to ever win. Mm-hmm. He won. And that tournament's been going on longer than we've been alive. Mm-hmm. Um, he won. So there, he basically got like a, not money in the bank, but he basically got a contract to be the main event and the challenge champion at Wrestle Kingdom, which is their biggest show of the year. Um, so like that match with Okada that ended up being... Like, oh, was that the one you the showed race. me? Yeah, that's oh, six star. Oh, God, yeah. he kicked him in the face for real. That was not fake. Oh, I don't yeah. care what you tell me. He... Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. I'm sorry. Wrestling. I will watch. I if <laughs> So, real, like, American-style wrestling, not real. That was very disrespectful. American-style wrestling, you can show me, and I'll be like, all right, unless there's... Unless you know more to the story, a la uh, uh, fucking Mankind versus uh, The Undertaker, and you know more that that was real, I'm not sold. I will watch Jap- that that strong style. He kicked him in the face so hard. Oh, God. Okay, that's, sorry. That's continue. not even the spot that really bothers me. Like, to this day, it's like, I still think it's stupid on both of their parts. Like, it looked really cool, but it was really stupid in the long run. Because I guarantee Okada's going to have neck problems. But that spot where, um, at the, towards the end of the match, when Kenny does the dragon suplex on Okada from the top rope, uh, and literally drops him on his neck, uh, I was like, You could have paralyzed so that man stupid. right there. He probably did in the long run. Like, it's probably going to be a day where Okada can't fucking walk, and that'll probably be the one that we can point to and be like, that's, that's why. Um, Hold on, can I just say something? Yeah. You know how you sure. know when you're starting to get drunk? When you start using the recommended messages because you're worried you'll type it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know, because you're like, oh, I don't want to mess this up and let people know that I'm not doing this right. Just a heads up. Sorry. Fair enough. Well, it's like, that's like, the bad thing, like, the, the Omega thing, that thing is funny, is like, um, because, I mean, great, there are some people in WWE who do work strong style. Um, it's not a lot, but there are still some that work strong style. Um, I'm really curious if if Chris Jericho is going to work strong style at Earthful Kingdom against Kenny Omega. Do you think he's got Because I was like, I, okay. Basically, I think they're going to have to just because at this point, like, and I don't mean this in an insulting way. I think Chris Jericho's most recent run was maybe his best since his original run. He's been in the business, what, 20 Um, years? uh, I think 25. Holy shit. Okay, Um, continue. Yeah. um, Like, he, but the thing is, like, he can't work at the pace that Kenny Omega can work at. Because really, okay. nobody honestly can. The only person who can work at Omega's pace is Okada. And that's like, why, there, what, three matches now have all been pretty amazing? Yes, and that's good because I'm saying, those are the two best in the world, in my, in my, in my opinion, yeah. of the guys who are working currently. Like, they are the best well, in the world and, I mean, because they're the only two. That... Roman Reigns, obviously. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I love Rollins. I love Finn Balor. But, I mean, like, I... I don't know if right now the second I mean maybe Balor could still work at that level. I don't know that Rollins could work at that level. And I love Rollins. Like I've been a fan of Rollins since like he first came into ROH. Yep. As Tyler Black. He had a different but Oh it's okay. like you said it before I could even ask it. Tyler yeah. Black. Okay. Um but yeah, but like that thing is like, I honestly don't know that anyone can work cuz like that was they work at a level that is 
insane. Like, it's ludicrous, the level they're able to work at. And Chris Jericho obviously cannot work at that rate. He's, what, 45 years old? Yeah, he's not, as I'm saying. And yet, he kept himself in really good shape. um, Because most most wrestlers, by the time they're, like, hitting 40, are usually kind of going to hell. But, like... I personally don't like his band, but Jeff loves Fozzie. They're fine. They're, I mean, I yeah, don't I, I don't them, have any. Yeah. I don't have feelings. I watched one YouTube video of their most recent hit, and I was like, "Oh, Judas, yeah, yeah." And I was just like, yeah, "This is okay. What? Y- y- it's, yeah, it's fine. It's music. Sure, cool. Yeah." <laughs> um, but no, but like, I mean, I, he was one of my favorites when I was a kid. So like, I will always have love for that dude. Holy but shit. I do think they're gonna have to work a really fucking brutal match just because I'm like, I don't know how else they can do it. Because basically, Kenny has already come down a lot to work that level. <laughs> So it's like, that's the only thing is like, um, they had, something they had said recently, and I don't think they were wrong, even though I think they got shit for it because they're seeing it's cocky, but that was the whole thing was that like, um, Kenny was like, talking about himself and the Young Bucks, and, um, he said the Elite, so I guess I could also probably include like Cody and, uh, like, sure. uh, Marty Skrull and everything, but he was like, basically, if you, if the core of the Elite is the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, and he's like, nobody can do what we do. If we went to WWE, they would have to. We would have to go bring our style down, and they would have to bring theirs up just to work with us. Yeah. And I was like, they're coming off as dicks, but they're not wrong. Yeah. Like, so it's like to me, I, I, it's. That's why I'm more interested in Japan at this point than I am in WWE because it's like WWE is fine, and there's many things I like about WWE right now, and it's definitely better than it's been in quite a while. Um, but like New Japan. If you just if you're a fan of actual like wrestling, because the thing is like, it's not super story based. It's like, not I mean, the you spectacle have the story of the... like, hey, this yeah. guy hates this guy. It's just like, watch what these two men are capable of. <laughs> exactly, right. and like the and the story they can tell with their bodies in the ring. Yeah. So like that to me, I'm, like, I I guess it kind of boils down to like, I'm a Bret Hart guy versus a Shawn Michaels guy. <laughs> uh, you know which kid... side of that dice I'm on. Oh, I know. When I was a kid, as I'm saying, like I always liked. Bret Hart better because Bret Hart he's obviously less charismatic because he's not very charismatic but he's just so fucking good at telling a story in the ring that I always just thought he was awesome damn it Patrick and I mean I might be drunk <laughs> enough to just go watch a bunch of Shawn Michaels matches after this I might be at that point because you got me in As some I... sort of place right now because <laughs> I do I did end up liking Shawn Michaels as I got older especially because his last run I thought was his way better than his original run like yeah he couldn't work the same style but he was much better as an in-ring storyteller mm-hmm. so like um, I definitely have a lot of respect for Shawn Michaels but I was always a Bret Hart guy so like that's my whole thing I think like that's why I kind of gravitate more towards like Ring of Honor or like New Japan it's because like yeah the spectacle was cool but like that's it's like the thing I was saying at the end of War Games where, like everybody was like Oh my god, the War Games match was amazing. Like this match, I was like, I was like, well, yeah, but I mean, Alistair Black versus Velveteen Dream was like the match of the night to me. And they were like, well, yeah, that was good, but like War Games, man. I'm like, that wasn't a match. Like that was a fucking really cool amount of shit that happened, but it wasn't a fucking match. It was a bunch of dudes fucking killing each other. It was basically yeah. a car crash. Yeah. Like it's fine, and it's like I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it, but like if you're gonna, if the, the thing I'm gonna watch probably again, like and again and again and again, is the Alistair Black Velveteen Velveteen Dream match. Mm-hmm. So. All right. That's me. Well, let's bring this full circle and say Patrick's story was great. <laughs> Just you know to bring it back to what we were talking about there. Um, update: I finished all four of my beers, and that was a really bad idea. And you should have been keeping an eye on me. And let's roll into my yeah. You're in charge of me. Um, <laughs> my idea, which you were right, should have gone first, but 
here's the basic uh, understanding of what I wanted to do. Me and my buddy uh, Ben were talking. He's a super, super awesome artist. He does, not a joke, other than the job we do, which I can't talk about, he does origami professionally. And it's amazing what this dude's capable of doing. He's done an entire dress of folded paper that he had a model wear around. And he's done an entire dragon out of one sheet of paper. Like a really, really big piece of paper. But anyways, it was a full dragon. Um, he gets paid thousands of dollars when he, act- when he uh, sells one of his more impressive pieces. Like, it's cool what he does and he shows me. I don't know why I'm telling you this. I'm not advertising for him. He didn't pay me anything. But... We were chit-chatting back and forth about this uh, last week when we were talking about the idea of doing a Pitch Fest episode. So my general idea is I would love to do a movie, if possible, you would have more insight than that on me. Sorry, getting all fucked up. Uh, you would have more insight than me on this. I want to do a movie that's almost impossible to put, review. Like, so for example, no character names, no fucking pronouns at all like these people you're just watching what they're doing in their day-to-day lives it would be a clerks-esque film without any idea of the people or location all right so so just wait i think you're describing the original cloud movie slacker but no i very well might be and that's why i'm coming (laughs) to you because you have i know that movies have done this in certain ways before but the way i want it i'm not sure if they have so that's why you're going to help me kind of build this story so I want these two guys, right? Don't know their names, and you never hear their names, and that's kind of the point. Originally, I thought of this as a book. It would be much easier to do as a book than a movie because in a movie, you start to get a lot of descriptors that you have to use um, that I would prefer were not. But anyways, so two characters unknown on a road trip. That's basically the plot of the entire movie. That's, that's the most you can say about it. And as they're going on, they are doing... Um, let's call them odd jobs that you can't tell if they are being fucking asshole criminals or good guys as they're doing for example um, they're working on someone's house and they steal from it Uh, but what I would do to kind of offset that is as time goes on they do like improv classes like they do acting stuff so you can't tell if these dudes are just kind of like traveling actors doing a show you also can't tell if they're just terrible people committing crimes so the basic premise would be a introspective personal movie it would be entirely about these two guys and their mental state of working together as they drive across the country it would be you know they but i would like to cut it so for example sitting in the car right no idea where they are where they're driving they're just driving and they're having a conversation about, let's say, their girlfriend. Again, no names and no descriptors of their job, but say the one's going through issues of getting the other one to agree to something. So they're chit-chatting back and forth, back and forth. The guy's saying, like, oh, you know, very Clerks-esque with the fucking 37 dicks <laughs> conversation that they have, um, where the guy's like, you can't think about that. That's not irrelevant that's in the past. So they have a very similar conversation. Cut to, like I said, them working a side job on someone house, someone's house. Like, how did they get this job is not important. All you know is they answer their phone call while they're on the road, and they go and do said work. They go and do whatever it is you're seeing on the screen. Now, is that impossible to create a full narrative of, or am I on to something that could be fun? 
No, that could work. Um, I mean, the way I would do it would be very kind of art filmy. Yeah, yeah, no, um, no, definitely very art filmy. Where if you're trying to watch it to see what Captain America saves the world from today, you're not going to get anything from it. I love that. That's really your only polarities. It's <laughs> just like there's superhero films and art films. That's, it. that's literally all that's, that exists. And somewhere in the middle is Con Air. That's all I got, Patrick. I'm sorry. <laughs> But no, I mean, I mean that along the lines of like, so superhero films are obviously entirely story driven. You know, there is a bad guy, a definitive bad guy, a definitive good guy, and there's some way they're melting with each other. This, I want none of that. I want to pull that entirely apart and do it like you said, art film-esque. Two people unknown to each other. They, they just address each other as, hey, as you, as what's up, as bro, whatever. Like, you know, me and you, I don't. Literally, the only time I call you Patrick is on the podcast, and that's, I don't know why I do that. So in everyday conversation, you don't use names unless you're in a group of, a a big group of like six people to avoid confusion. Well, if this movie takes place with only these two guys, you would never have that need. It would be a very organic conversation that would continue. So, I, I, I don't know. I'm kind of lost in how I could put it all together in one film. I mean, it's not hard to put it together. It's basically just a series of vignettes. Where basically you like what you is. have whatever <laughs> vignette, um, basically like segments. Okay, if you will. okay. Um, basically, where you just like the whole movie is basically if you just kind of bounce it back and forth between um, kind of whatever car or diner or whatever the fuck the conversationy yeah. bits, yeah. and then um, the other bits of like the odd jobs that may or not be a legal thing, like. If you just bounce it back and forth, like that's not a terrible structure. Like I could, like I don't think that would be anything that anybody would be against. And I feel like it's also something you could play with because, like, the more you establish it, the more you can fuck with it as the movie goes on. You can make it more anarchic. Yeah, so. that's what I was. That that was what was going through my head. So, like for example, you start it with just the road, uh, 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 like a shot of the road, and as the car drive bys, you know, it pans up to the car, moves itself into the car, and then it's just two guys talking. You start the movie mid conversation. You don't start it with a definitive. You start it with like, well, that's pretty fucked up, man. And you're like, whoa, 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 what's fucked up? But you'd never get to find out. So these guys are talking and talking about fucking, I don't know, their favorite chicken wings. I don't care. That's not the point. That will take something. I'm not a writer. I'm, we've talked about this. I like to storyboard. So you start at mid-conversation of these two guys, and all you know is they're driving somewhere. Well... I mean, I was going to say, you wouldn't even need necessarily to, like, script the dialogue. You could always just fucking just have two people just improvise. And just hit play. on Like, when you're editing, just start it somewhere yes. in the middle. Yeah, that would be... Okay, that's a little too artsy for me. But, yeah, that would be amazing. Well, you wouldn't know the difference. I mean, as a, as a viewer, like, sure. you wouldn't necessarily... Because I mean, that's the thing is, I mean, like, um, most Linklater movies seem very naturalistic. And, like, there's no... Like, like all the dialogue seems improvised. Like a most taste on who he is. Uh, Days confused. Got it. Nope, that's uh, all you needed. Okay, I totally okay. understand what you're saying now. Yeah, uh, or like even like early Smith or like a lot of uh, Tarantino. Okay. Like, it's like the whole thing of basically like you as I say you it feels unscripted, but I mean it's obviously is. At the same time, you can go the other direction and basically I can I can tell you movies that were entirely improvised. So you'd probably be like, oh, I'm surprised. Like I figured they would have written that. Well, like, you can the way so honestly to put it into my world, the way I see that is sitcoms. Like. Rules of Engagement. I know, I know, I know, I know you're not a sitcom guy, but Rules of Engagement was this uh, sitcom that not a lot of people know, which is unfortunate. It's ran seven seasons. It's on Netflix now. Patrick Warburton is one of the main characters. 
um, who is just glorious. And uh, David Spade also plays a main character. So it's got two pretty big names running throughout the mid-2000s when you think it would gain fame, and it didn't. Um, it got canceled in the seventh season, but they let it wrap it up, which was nice. Um, you can very, very clearly tell when the joke was improvised versus when the joke was real. Like, these actors, as good as or bad as they may be, you can tell when they're laughing for real versus when they're not just by watching the show. So that's what I want in this. Like, like you're saying, entirely improvised or not, you want it to feel like it's just happening. It's just happening in front of you. Yeah. Um, that way, the reason why I thought of this was when you're writing a movie, every review you've ever read starts off with something along the lines of, whether uh, you know these people didn't work well together or this story story wasn't very coercive throughout. Perfect. Cohesive. Oh, what did I say? Coercive. That's what I meant. Um, that's what I want. Is I want when someone's writing a review of this, they don't know how to start the review. Like the movie just rolls. I mean, honestly, at this point, I mean, I don't know that you can. If people can review Tree of Fucking Life, <laughs> I mean, dude, I feel like you can review anything. Honestly, okay. like, okay. well, <laughs> that's fair, and I can never completely assume that. But in my mind, when I think of review, like we've done episodes, we've done entire podcasts about shit. We did Wonder Woman. We did Guardians and Ga- Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Like we've done that stuff. I want this to be a movie that's hard to talk about without experiencing it so that's no, that's fair. where that started so yeah start you know pan up they're in the car mid-conversation you catch them they're just chit-chatting someone answers the phone and that's it you don't hear what happens on the other end of the phone line you don't hear him response switch to uh, fucking like literally these two guys are working in a fast food restaurant like wait how the fuck are they working like no they're traveling like they're clearly not headed to work or are they headed to work like that's what i want is that kind of suspension of what am i seeing now i want it to wrap up in them getting out of the car at their destination without you knowing what that destination is like i do want there to be an end um just not an end that you're like oh i get it they were driving home for christmas like that's dumb i don't want that but all in all, do you think that could work? Like, do you think that could be... Yes. I think that would... I would make that movie. Yeah, yeah. that would be really unique, uh, to say the least. Like, I think a lot of this came from watching The Room and not understanding what I was seeing, admittedly. But that's not the point. We're not going to talk about that. Um, I don't know. In my head, I see, like, uh, there was a period where Gus Van Dant did, like, these, like, three weird naturalistic movies in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really funny. That dude has the weirdest fucking career. Where he was just like, kind of started like in very early independent film with like my, my own private Idaho and shit, and then it kind of slowly gets more and more kind of famous, and then it's like so then he ends up like fucking doing Goodwill Hunting and blowing up huge, and I feel like he self sabotaged himself because it's like then he did like the fucking Psycho remake, which I feel like the only reason oh to do my that God, is because Vince he's like Vaughn Psycho remake. Well, it's, I mean, well, I mean, it's whatever. It is what it is. But then he did like uh, Finding Forrester, and then like he then so then like he did this period. Where he did um, these movies, Jerry, uh, Last Days, and Elephant, which were all very like Last Days is literally an entire movie about a guy who may or may not be Kurt, Kurt Cobain, um, <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> um, sitting in his house basically on the last day of his life. Okay, and like what happens then? Okay, um, Elephant. It basically is about these people and like they're like the last day of their lives, mm-hmm. like. I actually never realized until just now that's actually the theme of all three movies. Because um, Jerry is also the same thing. Basically, it's two guys get lost and end up uh, dying in the desert um, together. Okay. Um, 
didn't really occur to me until just now they all shared that. Um, but yeah, like that's why I would say like tonally, that's probably what I would go for. It's basically like kind of like Jerry. Okay. It's probably it's probably, it's probably what I would approach. I'll it. have to see that to understand, but I'm I'm totally on board with that. That would be super awesome. But this is the perfect spot. Remember how I said alcohol suppla- suppresses your bladder's ability to hold in liquids? Give me yes. thirty seconds, and I will be right back. I'm just going to count to 30 right now. <laughs> 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, Five, six, seven, eight, nine, thirty. He's not out of time. He he he's more than thirty seconds. We're literally just sitting with dead air right now. That's literally what we're sitting with. I wasn't speaking. We would not have anything to talk about right now. And now he's stumbling back in. <laughs> and he didn't understand how headphones worked. No, it says L and R for left and right. I wanted to make sure I had it legit. Uh, I didn't fall. You did. Um, all right. So <laughs> I was worried with that pitch that you were going to be like, that's so dumb. But I'm really happy that you can get on board because I think between the two of us, God willing, we ever got onto some sort of writing panel storyboard. We have good ideas. And that was a, Fair. that was a good show. I loved your, I loved your WWE pitch. I was a big fan of that. Um, all right. So. We don't have time for our yeah. games, which is totally okay, because Patrick's got a big night. Don't say anything why in case this episode gets pushed to next week. So, <laughs> um, we got a big night ahead of us. So, let's move into the final segment. What did I ask you to remind me? I don't fucking remember now. It was a long-ass time ago. Oh, it was a game. It was uh, expedited oh! or something. Oh, yeah. Okay, 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 okay. So, there's this video game coming back out, Patrick, that I really want us to play together because I think it could get reckless. Have you ever heard of what people on the fucking internet so annoying called PUBG, P-U-B-G, called Players Unknown Battleground? No, Okay. I have no idea what that is. So it is this video game, and if you in some way get it, I, I'm buying it no matter what, we will play together. It is on the computer, I don't think on the Xbox they're allowing the full 100 people, but 100 players parachute onto an island you get to pick where you're aimed parachute onto an island and it's a full free-for-all so like battle royale yes oh my god exactly like battle royale uh or for you less cultured folks uh hunger games okay so let's not let's just not (laughs) i actually bought battle royale it was on sale for um 4.99 for the hd on google play and i bought it i was like i have to have this with me at all times great movie did i show it to you uh no i watched that in high school a buddy watched it they put it back before copyright thing was attacked aggressively youtube had 10 minute segment segments of the movie and you could watch it over like 12 fucking clips um anyways not the point uh so 100 people 
parachute in, you land. Wherever you land, you get to pick, of course. If you see a lot of people going one place, you can be kind of skeptical. You have to search for rations. You have to search for armor. You have to search for weapons, whatever. And it's Battle Royale. And it, yeah, it's completely fucking chance. Last player wins. It's amazing. Can you... So the game is super simplistic. One map, one game type, uh, technically two game types because you can do a team one or you can do a free-for-all thing, which I would obviously do the free-for-all thing unless you're on with me. Um, every single match you start is brand new. When you enter, you could walk up on a fucking RPG and call it a day. You could walk up on an M16 and call it a day. You could walk up on a trash can like what happened to the main character in Battle Royale and be fucked. Um... There's towns, there's a forest, there's a, it's an island, so you're surrounded by water. There's vehicles, so a lot of it is first person to find a truck just runs people over. All of this stuff. It is anarchy to the utmost degree, and I really want to play with play it with you. But the reason I bring that up is there's a free version that we can try together called Fortnite that we should do. How? What is your reaction to a game like that? Because I know you don't like dying in video games. I have played. Call I don't not like dying. Yeah, I didn't like fucking Call of Duty enough with you to know that the minute your deaths reach like plus ten, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm not even gonna impersonate right now. You just go up. You just go right up. Okay. I mean, does anyone like losing in video no, games? No, 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 they don't. But so, in this game, for example, there is no like constantly getting your ass kicked. There's just one death, and you done, and you go and start something else. <laughs> I mean, I would be willing to try it, although, I mean, I feel like that, unless you're, like, in the, like, last five, that's going to be, just like, that was something I played for five minutes, so that was a good time. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing, is I haven't um, researched much, like, how long it lasts. So, like, so, for example, when you land, do you have a health bar, or is it very realistic, one bullet and you're dead, or, you know, in your arm, you're okay for a little while? I haven't researched it that far, but how quickly you gain weapons and stuff like that what would be your tactic to playing like playing that like how would you do it if you you parachute in like i said and you can see where everyone's going let's start there what do you do if i only get one death i would totally camp <laughs> so so you parachute in are you looking around you and going as far away from everyone or are you looking around you and trying to get them before they get their weapons because you do have a level of fighting before your weapons come well, I'd try to find a weapon and then literally just, like, wait for people to come to me and then kill those people. <laughs> in one location? So, I haven't looked up how much. That's what camping is, yes. <laughs> Franny's asking me to make dinner for tonight. You think I can handle a stove right now? I would say, you're, you're too drunk to make dinner. <laughs> Good try, though. Uh, oh, Christ. Uh, well, this is our last episode. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all. This was wonderful. We have fucking 1,500 views or some shit like that. We're doing so hot right now, Patrick. Um, that's not, why, why, why are you doing this to me? What were we talking about? Players unknown battleground. Um, what was the last thing you said? So I can get on I, my thread. Jesus fucking Christ. You're not going to help me back onto my, uh, back onto my horse now? Hey, we had. I said I was going to camp. Jesus. Oh yeah, we're going to camp. Also, unrelated. Uh, White Knight issue three came out. Did you read it yet? I read it. Oh, okay. Don't, yeah. no spoilers. I, I bought it last night. Um, but I went to dinner with friends, and then when I came home, Franny wanted to hang out, and we used her ballin'-ass hot cocoa maker to make hot cocoa. Oh, yeah, I did see that on the Instagram. Wait, she Instagram? Fucking her and her social medias. I don't... <laughs> uh, anyways, um, so I'm going to read it 
Maybe I'll give it like an hour so that I remember it. I mean, I'm not going to not remember what's happen happening right now. I'm just, I don't want to. The thing that happens when you start drinking is moments flash by. Not forgetting, they just happen so fast that you don't really care. So I don't want to start reading a comic and be like three pages into it and then be like, oh shit, I got to start over. I'm not doing that. But also, I'm reading Preacher again. I have to read issue four because I'm taking that in for a friend. Uh, which, by the way, I got two friends hooked on Preacher. And they both love it. He just finished volume two where Jesus Day... How could you not? Oh, my God. Where Jesus Day... Sade? Sade? How do you say it in your head? Uh, say, oh, Desaad. Desaad? Oh, okay. You say Desaad. Yeah. There's a space between De and Saad that I've always said Jesus Day Sade, like the singer Sade. Like, <laughs> what the... This is no ordinary ah. love. Sorry, am I turning you on right now? No, well, you're not turning me on at all. Sade turns people on, so I just wanted to make sure. Um, oh, new education episode. I'll download that. Oh, Jesus so, age Christ. Sorry, 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 sorry. Roll, it, roll it back, roll it back. So they're reading Preacher. They just read, He just finished issue two, and I told him. So issue one is relatively tame. It's not, obviously, but it's relatively tame as opposed to how the story goes. So he read it, and, you know, there's our face who blew his face off, and now his face looks funky, and there's the Saint of Killers, and there's, you know, Jesse telling a sheriff to go fuck himself, and he does. Um, volume 2 goes, well, the end of Volume 1 has the serial killer, but whatever. Volume 2 goes hard right with Airstar getting anally raped. There's Jesus Decide who anally rapes uh, fucking what? It, what is it that he gets? A uh, armadillo. Wait, so you're just skipping right over uh, Jody and TC? <laughs> oh my god, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, TC just shoves his dick at anything, anything. You're obsessed with why are you obsessed with the sex aspect because of it, not the violence aspect the of part it? That's so sideways. Like comics, I don't think people give him enough credit for how much violence is really in comics. Like Batman punching people down or. The Flash running through shit, and Aquaman just throwing polar bears at people. Like, people don't give comics the... I don't know why I went there. Don't ask questions. People don't give comics the credit they deserve as far as being an adult form of entertainment when it comes to the violence section. Preacher takes the sexual side of it and just runs rampant with it. Like I said, Air Star gets fucking butt-raped in two seconds. Uh... You know, Jesus Day Sade, that entire little arc is disgusting. Um, TC with his, like, that, it's just, I've never read a comic book with this much of that kind of storytelling, because I've only read, like, you know, Daredevil doesn't touch on that too much. Sure, Kevin Smith talks about her having AIDS, and Frank Miller points on to, uh, what's her name, being a prostitute. Um, Karen Page. Karen Page being a prostitute, and, like, that kind of stuff, Sure. But Preacher takes it to a level that I've not, I, I was not, and am still not ready for. Fair enough. Your final thoughts have really spelled out of control. <laughs> I don't know how we started this, but just know that if you get into Preacher and you're like, oh man, this is going to be like some sort of intense take on religion and, and this sort of like ultra-violent thing, you're right, but also there's a lot of sodomy, a very large <laughs> amount of sodomy that takes place, okay? All of the sodomy, oh yes. Oh my god, it's an absurd <laughs> amount. I never... It, that, that's not the point. That's not what we're here about. That's not what we're talking about. Um, shit, hour and 25 minutes. Okay, you got anything else? No, I'm good. All right. I'm happy we got to where we got to. 
<laughs> uh, I really wanted to play a new game. I'm formulating a new game, so uh, hopefully in the week or two you will hear a new game type coming to this, and uh, just as a little taste of what's to come. Just, just at the end of this episode, you'll hear something special. Uh, okay. Otherwise, this has been Men of the Machine. I'm Kevin. I'm Pat. Thanks for listening.